Hello, this is Hugo Prévost, and you're listening to SVGA, your PC retro gaming podcast. With me, as always, from Ontario this time, Robert Hills. Hello, Robert. Hello, Hugo. Nice to be back. Yeah, nice to have you back. It's been a while. Uh, it has been a while. It's uh, It's been, uh, I mean, the, the listeners can't see because obviously it's they're hearing things, but uh, I'm surrounded by boxes still because I've just moved. <laughs> Yeah, it's the fun fun thing with moving. It's it's always longer than you think it will take. It's always surprises, always problems. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But, I won't get into it, but oh yes. <laughs> yeah, but at least well, your internet is plugged in. You have your mic out. Uh, Actually, that and- was that was one of the incredible things. The internet worked exactly when it was supposed to. The night we arrived, the technician didn't even need to come in. I just plugged it in. It was fine. Oh, that's fantastic. That's uh, that's what we like. Uh, so yeah, today it's another of our DLCs or uh, additional content, if we, if we can call it that. Uh, we did the first one on flight controls. If you want, you can have a listen just after listening to this, of course. And the second one was an interview I did with the one of the creators of the game called Songs of Conquest. Uh, but now today we go well. We're gonna do, don't want to say we go back to. Modern times, we go forward. I don't know how it works. Uh, we are going to talk about one, I think, of our favorite games. Uh, what are we talking about today, Robert? We are talking about Hearts of Iron 4. Hearts of Iron 4, indeed. Uh, game, I have to say, have a, a bit of a love-hate relation with. I, I think that know. is an extremely good way of putting it. I am very ambivalent about this game. <laughs> <laughs> but still, we have a few hundred hours sunk in it. Uh, wow, that's, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before we get too deep into it, um, maybe go, do you want to try to, uh, to, to, to tell what exactly is Heart of Iron? Uh, it's uh, what they call, I think it's Forex. Forex. Is it forex or just grand strategy? I don't know if there's a difference. I've always, I've always kind of thought of it as grand strategy, but I don't know that yeah. uh, I'm correct there. So it may be forex, but in any case, it's um, it's a well, it's a it's a grand strategy game in either the technical or just the literal sense, in that it's yeah. it's the Second World War. You start in 1936 or 1939, if you want to go quickly, and you you pick a country and you see if you can you know make it to the end of the war. And you control everything from individual sort of um, armies all the way up to um, how much cheese is sold at, uh, you know, your stores <laughs> back in the home run. So it's it's uh, it, it's intense. There is everything. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a lot to learn. And um, yeah, it's it's also a game that once you get into it, you get really into it. And then yeah. Yeah, like days, nights evaporate, just gone. Yeah. Oh, t- those nights, man. I, I have a one anecdote. It's completely crazy. Uh, yeah. So it's developed by Paradox Interactive, who are specialized in that sort of games. They did Crusader Kings. Well, they still do them. It's the third game just came out a few months back. Uh, they also did the uh, Europa Universalist series on. Uh, what was the fourth one? I think there's a fourth one. So, oh, yeah, they did Stellaris, too. Yeah, Stellaris. I think they did a Napoleonic one, March of Eagles, which... Um, oh, and then there's Victoria, the yeah, 19th Victoria, century. the Victoria series. So they, they, they do a bunch of series of uh, historical games where you control armies, economies. Uh, basically, if you want to have something going from 
uh, medieval times to the far future, you have something you can take from Paradox. They also did Imperator Rome. Uh, right, yeah. yes. So uh, going even farther back, uh, and they do so many games, we're starting to lose track. So <laughs> you see how it is. Uh, and yeah, it's all based, like you said, on the same concept is you control basically everything. Of course, the mechanics will change from game to game. Uh, I think, for example, the Victoria series is more centered around the economics, uh, as it, uh, to the maybe the opposite, uh, Hearts of Iron 4 is more centered around the combat. Uh, there's still a good chunk of economy to control, of course, but you won't, uh, for example, in Victoria, you can produce different types of uh, items you can clothing, for example, or guns or uh, or food. In Heart of Iron, there's no you don't have to worry about food. Well, not unless you install mods, but we'll get we'll get into mods maybe a bit later. Uh, yeah, so you basically it's more you develop your economy, you develop your armies, and then when the Second World War starts, or maybe even before that, if you play as Japan, for example, you can just unleash your armies on the enemy and try to basically annihilate everyone else and conquer the whole, well, you're not, there's no obligation to conquer the whole world, but you can try to do it. It's just going to be very, very long. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's kind of like the best thing about it is also maybe the worst thing about it is how involved it is, how yeah. you can, I mean, you can micromanage an army uh, sort of like individual little battalions like territory by territory you can do that yourself or you can leave it up to you know you you set a few you know strategic aims with different attack points and and the armies do it themselves and it's um you can you can really dive deep though and it uh it can it can suck you in yeah uh, i wanted to ask you where where did your interest for second world war come from well, I think it, I mean, the, the short answer is my grandfather was in the second world war. So that's, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he, he, well, he never actually flew over Germany, but he flew in bomber planes essentially. So th that's always kind of been around. So, I mean, that's, you know, and I, it's also just culturally, I think the second world war is very kind of present in, in everything. So, yeah. Yeah. I understand. Uh, I mean, I don't think. I think my grandparents were too young to fight in the war. My, my I think my grandfather was six, something okay, like yeah. when the war ended. The war ended, so never really knew the war itself. We never was old enough to enlist, of course. Uh, but yeah, so it's like you said, culturally, it's something very, uh, very present, at least in our part of the world. Yeah, um, and it's also the fact that the. the constantly have new documentary series about Hitler, about the Nazis, about the Second World War, about the periods that uh, comes before or just after that. And the fact that you I think you still, to, today still, you see the consequences of the, what happened in Second World War. Uh, North and South Korea, for example. And the uh, opposition, strategic opposition between the East and the West, everything that happened, of course, during the Cold War, just after, starting 1945, going to 1991 or 2021, as depending <laughs> on how you want to describe it. But yeah, so, and it's, 
I think it, it, this combines with the fascination of just controlling everything. It's not just, it's not like Command and Conquer where you have one resource that you mine mm -hmm. and you build uh, 30, 30 tanks, maybe not even 30 tanks, 20 tanks and a, a couple of soldiers and just send them, destroy the enemy's base. And it's just, it's uh, about one kilometer away on the map. It, no, it's now, it's your friends. Yeah. You have to build up your army, your, your production capacity. And then you have to, okay, I have to conquer Germany. And now, oh, wow, now I'm, I'm at war with the Soviets. And so right. now I have to go from Paris to Moscow and so on and so on. It's, I think I, I never saw this scale before, I think, in a game. No, and, and usually in... In this kind of game, like I think um, Company of Heroes is is a good sort of like that, that sort of StarCraft kind of real-time strategy. It's much mm -hmm. sort of smaller. You'll have, you know, a, a base and 15, 20, 40 unit, like not a, not a ton of units. Whereas this is, you know, you're not just researching the next tank. You're also getting the production line going. Yeah. You, you are sort of allocating a number of factories. You're... Um, as they keep going, they get more efficient, and there's there's all sorts of wheels within wheels within wheels. Yeah. Um, that then you know, which will, I mean, we may as well just get into it when when you start getting DLCs, they start adding um, okay. not just countries <laughs> and updating sort of objectives and focus trees and all this stuff. You start getting you know, new new technologies and new sort of game mechanics that add yeah. to old game mechanics and and all of a sudden, you know, a a game that I probably watched two or three hours of YouTube videos just to grasp the basics of you gotta have you have to just keep learning more and more and more until eventually and this is I, I, I sort of lost touch with the game for a bit and now it's just so overwhelming to figure out how I get back into it because yeah. because the sort of massive game mechanics expand so much further. Yeah, and I think it's both a positive and a negative point from Paradox is that they put out so much more content every damn time. It's You have your, for example, staying with Heart of Iron, you have your base game, which has already many, many things, but eventually you have... Uh, I think it was different ways to control. You kind of set up puppet governments, and then it's oh, there's new stuff to do for uh, Balkan countries, for example. And then it's oh, there's a complete rework where the oil that you ex uh, extract from the ground is not used anymore directly into the production of tanks, for example, but will be consumed every time you move an army with vehicles. And then you have to think about your oil supply, and then you have to think about your convoys if you import those this oil from the other side of the ocean, and, and, and so on and so on. And then they add, oh, there's going to be uh, espionage. And then... Um, You know, now, naval. You, you gotta now. You have to. Yeah. Your navies have to have admirals, and it it essentially at a certain point you just you have to micromanage everything. And yeah. I, I think that's kind of when I lost touch with the game was that it was just yeah, I, it was too much to. At a certain point, I couldn't even casually obsess about it. It was either I have to put everything I have into it, or I just have to let it go. Yeah, and. I think it's one of those games where you have to, 
I mean, you can still play the base game. Yeah. You're maybe going to be bored. I don't know. But there's also the problem is that there, there's paid content and then there's free updates. But usually the free updates kind of take into account the fact that you'll have all the previous paid updates and uh, maybe not, but I never tried to do that because I have this feeling that I'm going to miss out mm-hmm. if I don't buy all the DLCs. And then you, you talked about the, the navies. It, it has been so much reworked that I don't even really care anymore is that I'm going to just build a bunch of submarines and then try to sink everything the enemy has and sink his convoys and ships, and then that's going to be okay for me. And I won't bother about building battleships like cruisers, destroyers, customizing yeah. oh, and, everything. And then deciding, you know, how many guns they have, what sort of armor. Yeah, oh, and- Jesus Christ, it's so much. I mean, there could there's entire games based on the navies alone, and there's entire games based on tank combat alone and then you have to mix everything in and it's there's also for example a way to customize the composition of your armories Mm -hmm. and how many divisions what type of equipment they have and once again this is one part of 50 parts maybe and what i end up doing is just oh i'm gonna follow the that youtuber's uh suggestion and just put seven infantry uh, battalions and two artillery battalions in my division, yeah. and that's going to be it. The, the 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 seven twos they talk about on YouTube, just use that. It's very powerful. It works. You can try to be funky. You can try other stuff, but basically seven two, and that's it. That's <laughs> that's all you need. And I think it's it's so much complicated that you miss out on on the fun, maybe. Yeah, well, and, and that's that's sort of again why I why I, I put like I think my Steam count got messed up because I I moved from a Mac to a PC and it, it dropped it. But like I think I have well over a hundred, maybe two hundred hours on this game. I have over two hundred hours as well, and it's but I yeah. I, I don't think I played in six months because at a certain point it was like I, i'd open it up it's like oh okay yeah so i got this naval stuff and like oh espionage what do i do and you you end up you're just every time you open it you're not playing it you're just like okay well how do i do this what am i doing with that why do i yeah. want to do this ah oh, you know what forget it i'm just gonna go back to the way i'd play it before and like fuck all this yeah. other stuff <laughs> i mean you don't have to use espionage for example you don't have to but it's still it's there and it can be useful and and I don't know sometimes it's a bit well lots of the time it's overwhelming and just have to okay I'm gonna just gonna play it that way and then it doesn't work and you're frustrated and you close the game exactly or you you just sometimes I've opened it like oh there's all this stuff you know and forget it I'm just gonna do something else like I. I <laughs> I don't have like time to spend three hours learning a thing and then like, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to go to bed now. Like, yeah, I, I have a couple of anecdotes. Um, the first one is I, I bought the game for a friend, the entire, well, not maybe not the very last day DLC, but everything before. And I bought it for him and I sent it as a gift on steam. And I tried to, 
explain the game to him. Yeah. And it took two hours and we only did the menus. <laughs> two hours. Yeah. And I tried to find, um, because the tutorial in the game, as make uh, as you playing as Italy, which has the uh, one of the worst what they call focus tree, which mm-hmm. is a bunch of bonuses you can get or objectives or modifiers and so on, and it's one of the worst focus trees of the game because it hasn't been redone since 2016. And so, it, as you play as Italy, but it's extremely basic. And if you want to just know how the base game work, I found a, a bunch of tutorials on YouTube. It's seven videos of 30 minutes each. And this mm-hmm. is just for the base game. And this is the kind of game where it can be extremely daunting to try to get into now. Because even at the time, even when it was in, tw- even in 2016, even when it came out, I needed to watch for about 10 or 15 hours of videos in order to understand what the people are doing in the video, how, it, how the game works, how can I uh, how can I change stuff in my own game, how can I be better. And it's, I don't know if I would recommend the game now unless you're ready to spend 10, 20, 30 hours just watching people play. Yeah. And that's either the mark of, a uh, game so niche, so extraordinary, but so niche that only a few people will understand, or a game so badly designed that only a few people will understand. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I feel like at this point, um, if you haven't played Hearts of Iron, you're probably not going to. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like, because it had a really steep learning curve to begin with, and now, like, I don't even know. I mean, it's... I guess it's easy to under, it's easy to play as a non-naval nation, for example. Yeah. It's easy to start as if you want to play the Soviet Union, for example, you don't really have to build a navy because the if you play as what they call historical focuses, is that the, the game tries to follow the historical path of events. And then you won't need a fleet to fight against Germany. Germany is going to come to you through Poland in 1941 at, at the latest, unless it's, it starts earlier, but usually it's 1940, 1941, Germany invades the Soviet Union. Uh, so you won't need a Navy to fight uh, in the Ukraine. But yeah. you can, if you want to play as Britain or Japan, Oh god, it's it's really something else. I, I've never really been able to play as any like I I'm generally I either play as France or the Soviet Union, where it's just you know France, you just try and survive, and yeah. then if you hold on long enough, you can eventually just push the Germans back. Kind of fun. Or you play as the Soviet Union, where you you know same sort of thing is you yeah. you basically just have to get your economy in line, fix your sort of units enough that you can hold off long enough and then kind of ride it out and push back and you don't need to deal with with navies you just you know whatever's in the queue at the start you just let it build and just let it that- <laughs> yeah. i mean it's there's probably someone someone somewhere listening to us right now saying oh a bunch of ignorance or oh noobs certainly. or whatever but i think it's I mean, the, the game is a commercial success. Well, in the eyes of Paradox, they sold, I think, 
uh, as for uh, according to the Wikipedia page, they did sell about 1.3 million copies wow. uh, around last year. So for a grand strategy game without any great graphics, because it's mostly menus, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's still better looking than Hearts of Iron Tree. But it's got nice illustrations. It's got a it's got yeah. a it's got a nice sort of vibe to it. It it works well. Yeah, but it's it's mostly menus. So <laughs> and numbers and numbers in circles and numbers in different colors and it's all numbers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's I don't know. I don't know why we keep going back at it. I mean, we, it's been twenty minutes, and I think uh, the, my impression is that we have all. What the only ter- the entire thing we did was uh, having gr- hearing our grievances. I mean, it's not. Yeah, but at the same time, like I've had so much fun with the game where you, you know, you you start and you can. It's it's really weird the way it takes up hours of your time and it just doesn't feel like anything at all. Like yeah. you're just you you keep grinding through trees and you know you're you're pushing armies and. It's actually like really an engrossing game once you figure it out. It's just getting to that point and staying up to date with it can yeah. be very difficult. And and sort of my problem is I've come to the point where I had a grasp of the game, like not a great one. Like I wasn't, I don't, I never really played multiplayer except for against you once or twice. Yeah. But it, I was able to understand the game enough to get into a single player game, play a campaign through and, you know, uh, face some adversity, get through it or not, and and actually be able to know what I was doing and keep doing it. And then at a certain point, I put it down for a month or two, came back, like two DLCs had come out, and I was just like over my head. Yeah, I see, I see what you mean. But yeah, it's something... I think maybe it's the fact that you can rewrite your story, maybe. Mm-hmm. You can decide to. Uh, there's a bunch of modifiers you can use in the game. You can decide to play as the uh, the Soviets and then push the push Germany to have a civil war and then uh, become uh, monarchist or communist if you want or democratic and just try to instead of defending against the Nazis de- invade China for example or just fight Japan. And I remember doing a non-historical game. Uh, where I played as Japan, and instead of invading China in 1936, I invaded the USSR, and then I was up to uh, I took Moscow, and then it was me against Poland, I think, <laughs> in the, the 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 in West in East Germany, it was completely insane, and at that moment I thought, okay, wow, now this is this is fun. Yeah, this is fun because it's it's completely bonkers. It's completely historical. Uh, you can uh, I'm having Japanese tanks rolling across the rural plains. It's 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 fun. But yeah, there's for one game like that. There's about two or three games where everything is just okay, and there's a two or three games where everything's just goes wrong in two or three hours into it and it's frustrating yeah and uh you get crushed by uh, you try to play as a, ma- a minor nation for example or just uh, uh one uh, stuck in the middle and then just get stumped over by 
the Nazis or the, yeah. the, the Allies or, or, or an ally doesn't do what you expect them to and then you're just uh, left out in the cold. The AI in this game is very oh frustrating. Is, it can be okay, so, but it, it can, can also okay. just be like completely off in space. And you're just like, oh no, I'm screwed now because yeah. you know, an entire like army has walked away from my left flank. Yeah, and it's I don't know why. I mean, I, I'm guessing it's complicated to fix, but I'm also thinking that the developers at Paradox are just having a laugh a little <laughs> bit, and they say, okay, we're gonna troll, and the the AI is gonna be just so stupid, <laughs> and oh, just. There's a thing in the game called um, attrition because basically you have to maintain, in top of everything else, you have to maintain your supply lines, which is logical. And for that, you build uh, naval bases, you build rail uh, railways, and there's a point where, uh, especially towards the end of the, the the ends of the war, but towards the end of 1940, for example, there's so just so many units, and they all take a bit of this supply line. And the allies, your allies, basically, whatever you were in, the, the allies as, as themselves or the access or whatever, they just tend to overstack, put a bunch of 50 units in one, in one tile, and then it ends up eating all the supply, and yeah. you just cannot do anything. But the enemy cannot attack either. So, yeah, you get, just, you get in these weird um, stalemates that, that don't make any sense, and there's nothing yeah. you can do. But... Uh, I'm looking at the timer here. We're coming out on 30 minutes. And uh, I think there's a bunch more things to say uh, about this game, good and bad. Um, I think before so. We, before we, 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 uh, we ask our, our listeners to go back for part two, which we'll record another time, I think, uh, just to, to cool ourselves off because <laughs> I think... Get a little work out. Point four, it's, uh, yeah, getting the blood flowing. Um would you still recommend Arts of Iron 4 right now? Honestly, yes, because I've, I, and I know it probably doesn't sound like this, but I had a lot of good games in, in this one that, you know, were, were worth the initial investment. Um, I don't know if I'd necessarily jump in and get all the DLCs right away. I think play the base game, yeah, figure out the mechanics, see how much you like, and then look at what each DLC offers and whether that's something that interests you before, you know, spending all that money. But I, I think, yeah, it's it's still like it offers something that no other strategy game does that, that gives you a real kind of like, oh, like I'm actually controlling exactly how this works rather than just hitting a bunch of sort of pre-planned stuff or doing really yeah. basic research where, you know. Yeah, completely. I mean, I, I will recommend it too. Um, get it on sale. Maybe usually the, the base game is around ten dollars uh, because don't play don't pay full price it doesn't no. it's not worth it uh, get it it's frequent frequently on sale so get it for ten dollars uh, usually the DLCs are between five and ten dollars too so if you want to get the whole thing at once uh, maybe don't install it at, all at once but if you, if you want to get the whole the whole shebang, as they say, uh, it's maybe 40, 50, maybe 50 bucks. Uh, but don't pay more than $50. It's not, I don't think it's worth it. No, especially um, if you're just trying it because you, yeah. it's it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. But yeah, still, it's 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 a good game because it, 
everything can happen. And as we will talk about in the next DLC, the next uh, part <laughs> of this conversation, there's some mods and this, uh, this opens up a whole uh, new world of possibilities. Yeah. So we'll talk about this next time. Thank you, Robert, for being here with me today. Oh, my pleasure. It's nice to be back. And maybe we'll, uh, since everything is slowly reopening, maybe we'll do an episode at right at the halfway between Ottawa and Montreal. I don't know where that is. Well, we'll sit across the border from each other. Yeah. We'll go, well, it'll be like bon cop, bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the meantime, thank you once again. And for everyone who is listening, uh, thank you for being there. You can catch up on all previous episodes and DLCs on pieuvre.ca. Uh, we're also, of course, on Balado Quebec, who is hosting our podcast, and also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>